We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principle, where you learn how to be a leader and not just a manager of a to-do list. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. I just want to take a minute and remind you to check out ConradChallenge.org and look at the kinds of things you can do to support students. The Conrad Challenge is really about facilitating 21st century skills of creativity, collaboration, critical thinking, communication. So go and check that out at conradchallenge.org. And if you missed my interview with Nancy Conrad, go check that out as well at transformativeprinciple.org slash Nancy Conrad. Hey there, this is Danny Sunshine Bauer from Better Leaders, Better Schools, and the School Leadership Series, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual hosts. Make sure you check out all the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com and get ready because the learning begins in three, two, one. Welcome to Transformative Principle. I am so excited to have on the podcast today, Claude Chirone, who's a teacher in Miami, Florida, a director of a STEM program, and the director of education and PD for the Conrad Challenge, which you have heard on the podcast before. Claude, I am so excited to talk with you. Thank you for being part of Transformative Principle. Absolutely. Thank you for having me today. So that's a lot to be doing, a teacher, a director of a STEM program, and the director of education and PD for the Conrad Challenge. Gosh, where do we start, Claude? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things going on. You know, um, I, I think um, what I'm excited about is sharing and uh, sharing what we do and the importance of being able to empower students to make change and and providing that belief that they can do it. So the more opportunities that we can give students to shine, and step as adults, step aside and have them perform. It's a great deal. I think uh, sports has it right when it comes to uh, being able to expose kids at a young age and they practice and they, they're coached and they, and they go through a process to become an athlete. 
And I think um, innovation, there's no different. There's no difference in innovation. And I think this country and a lot of other countries uh, realize the importance of, of engaging kids at a young age and then even more importantly, giving them the tools to be successful once they hit high school and beyond. Uh, so I'm really happy to share in that capacity of what we do and um, and how we do it. Yeah. So I think the best way to do this, because we're going to cover this theme of empowering students and teaching them. I, I love that analogy that the sports has it right to help kids become an athlete. And I think we need to do more of that kind of stuff in education because there's so much more that you learn than just being an athlete when you're doing that. And so I want, I want to talk more about that. So as we talk, we'll, we'll pull examples from your work with Conrad Challenge, with Gulliver Schools, and with the STEM program. And you can just, you know, pull from wherever to, to have our discussion. And what I really want to get down to is in education, we as a system do not do a lot of empowering students. It's very much, you know, kids come in and they have a single path of inquiry to get to the right answer. And and that's typically what school is like for most students in most of the places that kids go to school at. And so how do you first start by stepping back and letting kids be engaged in a way that is different than that? How do you empower them to get started? Excellent question. Uh, I think that's always a challenge for any teacher is how do you get the kids to care, right? How do you get them to be engaged? And I can tell you things that will not work by enforcing and saying you have to do this. So those are just things to keep everybody safe. Those are things for to keep things fair. However, that doesn't inspire and that doesn't engage students. That just has them sit there and listen to you. So how do we engage students and how do we do it here? So the two things I feel so strongly about is the students have to take ownership in what they do, and meaning that that they have to pick something that they want to actually do. And we, we have two different directions they can go in. It can be a challenge where, you know, this is a competition and we really want to engage in it, or it can be a problem that they're trying to improve on. Uh, so going through projects and invention, one of the things that has helped us and in, in the school that I work at and working with the Conrad Foundation is empathy. Have empathy in what you do, have a point and have a real reason, not a methodical one or just a, oh, by the way, this is how you would do it, but we're not really going to show you how to do it. So uh, what we've realized is, and I'll use two examples very quickly here to give an idea. If we're designing something, we can design a cup or we can actually design something to help a person open up a door independently that's in a wheelchair. So the first the first thought is, well, that sounds complicated, you know, and you're going to have to do X, Y, and Z. Well, that's where the learning comes in. Students, when they're inspired by seeing someone in pain or someone that they can relate, like, wow, this person struggles to open up a door, and I can do research as a group and work with a, a group of students to actually potentially find out if there is a solution and you go through the methodical design process, ask questions about really what the issue is, come up with some designs of what can work. And guess what? Now you actually design something that matters. And designing something that matters is what inspires kids. So the traditional approach is, well, we don't have time to do that. We have an exam at the end of the year. We have a state exam. I agree with that, and I understand the time constraints. But do you want them to engage in the project? Do you want them to go deeper? Do you want them to think about this project when they go to sleep? Do you want them to share this in a job interview? Do you want them to talk about this in a presentation? 
and so excited that they've accomplished something that is meaningful. So there's so many learning tools there that, that help us. However, I will tell you from experience, getting a group of students to agree on something collaboratively is an art. There's several skills, there's several tools that we introduce and teachers that have experience of how to get from point A to point B. It can't just, oh, find out what you want to do and like. It's That's a little difficult. That's like trying to say, you're a chef and here's the ingredients. You, you got to learn how to cook and you got to learn the, the basics first. So there is there is a teaching curve. Another project was a water system that's now in seven different countries that is helping individuals in different countries have access to clean water without the use of electricity or tools or any complex machinery. So this is something that we entered into the Conrad Challenge, the Conrad Foundation, uh, several years ago, back in 2012. And we have had, and we, the students were able to identify the country of Haiti, Nigeria, Kasai, and other parts in Africa. And we were able to talk to the people, find out what the issue was. And we were privileged to actually have end users that can give us feedback. And that's where the, that's the key. The key is to really understand the problem before attempting it. So once you do that, that's the level of engagement, empowerment that you can actually instill on the students. So fast forwarding four months later, we were able to present at Kennedy Space Center on behalf of the, uh, our school at the Conrad Challenge, and they were able to get feedback. And from there, it empowered the students to gain what they needed to to have to actually make to make it successful. And and that's one of many projects that that does take a lot of time and it's difficult. So to, to go back to your prior inquiry about how the traditional, right, let's call it the traditional model of education, because I do think, I think it is fair to say that there are things that are working now. There are schools and there are districts and there are uh, efforts out there to, at, that realize that engineering, computer science, and and the STEM programs out there, if done correctly, can inspire. And more importantly, they will learn English as they're doing it. They will have to learn the math. They have to learn the science. They have to be able to perform like you were doing in drama. You have to be able to work together in a team like you're in a sport. So being able to bring people together to communicate and collaborate and present, I think is universal in every discipline. The challenge is to get a individual or a teacher or institution that is very traditionalized to see that. Uh, and I think the schools uh, that get that understand the value and and the importance and the relevance. And, and the students the students see that. And uh, the, our responsibility as adults is get out of their way and and have them perform. And I think uh, Nancy Conrad, the CEO of a the director of a Conrad Challenge, does an amazing job of providing that opportunity for us. I absolutely agree. Now, one of the things that I've seen with my students is that. When I give them an idea that they can make life better for someone else, when they do that themselves, they perform significantly better than if I had given them the assignment to do the thing that they ended up doing. So, for example, real quick, there is a group of students who wanted to create a step team and help other kids feel more included because of the step team at our school. So these kids created the step team and they have done a remarkable job that if I would have said, you guys need to go make a step team, they would have seen that as a direction from me to go do a step team. And they would have kept come back to me saying, what does it need to look like? What does it need to do? Instead, they said, we want to do this. And I said, go for it. And you do whatever it is that you need to do to make it happen. And that was a really powerful learning lesson for me. How do we teach other teachers 
to empower kids in that way. You said that it was an art. How do you teach that to teachers so they can experience that as well? That's an excellent question. I'm really happy you asked that. And uh, I, and this is where I've been doing this for about 25 years when it deals with design process and uh, and just a little bit of background. I've been in, involved with uh, going from going through the process of design from an idea to a working prototype with, with teams since uh, 97, since uh, 1997. And we've been very privileged to actually have teams perform at the highest level in a lot of different national competitions. And and more recently, the Conrad Challenge and a few years back. And, and in that process, uh, about three years ago, three and a half years ago, Nancy Conrad, came and, and spoke to the finalist team. So just a little bit of background, the Conrad Challenge provides an opportunity to have students work in teams to tackle a real-world problem, either health and nutrition, aerospace and aeronautical, environment and energy, and cybersecurity. Uh, and then there's other specialty categories as well. So they go through this process. To entertain the question that you just mentioned is, well, what is the art? So, well, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. There are schools like Stanford, you know, and Apple and these companies that that go through a process of how do you go from an idea to a working prototype. So after talking to the teams several years ago and what the needs of the teams, and we're talking about the finalists, the top five in each category, and they mentioned like, you know, we really want to know techniques and and methods to actually help us to go through a process more efficiently, to really make it uh, practical so it can be sold and make it scalable. So we uh, we did some research, and in about three years ago, we came across something called the Google Sprint Method. And the Sprint Method is a rapid process where you go from an idea all the way to a presentable working prototype. But in the in the way Google does it is they actually fake it. And what that means is they give you an idea of what it would look like so they can get true feedback from the customers. It's unbelievable, the actual process. Jake Neb is the is the main one of the main uh, writers of the book, the, the Sprint Process. So we took that. And then what, the, what we did with the NoBox Toolbox platform is we looked at the process that they use in industry and we realized this is awesome. You know, there's team collaboration, there's communication, there's focus, and we can get to where we want to go quick. However, what the problem was the way Google does it in a lot of these companies, they work from eight to five every day. So you can see how that's a problem in education in a high school. So two years ago, we designed modules that would help teachers, people in clubs and di in different countries to go through these methodologies, this process in, in a class environment, meaning that in a 45 minute stint or a 90 minute stint. And so within the last year and a half, we've been able to test this. So now to give you an idea, uh, we have about 35 teams in this school two years ago that went through a process that usually took us about three to four months to come up with, this is what, what we want to do. And we're able to do it in about a week. We're able to do that uh, rapidly. So those are some of the tools that we use to engage kids. Yeah. So in a week of like a school week, as in one period per day, kind of a thing is what you're saying, right? Yes. And keep in mind, there's schools that do block scheduling. So what we, the way we've set it up was if it's a block schedule, which is three to two days a week, right? Pending on the school, because you look at it as a two week interval, or if it's traditional 45 to 60 minute periods every day where you can actually, and I'll give you an example. Well, how do you select a challenge, right? 
like, okay, oh, let's just select the challenge. How do you do that? So there's instructions, there's, there's videos that explain that process, but the, the best way to explain it is you actually visualize everything on a board. So you're looking at sticky notes, you're collaborating without talking, you're, you're communicating without verbally interrupting. So those methodologies help a team to work individually, but work together so they can be efficient. So why? Because this is what industry does, right? So the kick, the top Kickstarters in the world, the top companies in the world, universities have used, uh, are using sprints and they do it very efficiently. However, in the educational component, uh, it hasn't. So this is where being the developer with Nancy Conrad of the NoBox Toolbox, this is what we're really ex- excited about because we're sharing this with students across the planet. And we have teams in Australia and China and Japan and Switzerland, Sweden, and, and et cetera. We have over 63 countries represented that are using this process that we're able to provide resources for via uh, videos and provide a support system via a message board. So we are able to support them in real time. This is still a challenge to be able to go through that process, but the results that we're seeing and are just unbelievable. We had a, a team of students in Nigeria that were able to go through some of the videos and they presented in front of the United Nations last year. And, and they were just so thankful of the opportunity and some of the tools that we provided them. So I'll pause there and see if there's a question. Yeah, absolutely. So the NoBox Toolbox, I talked about that with Nancy on the podcast. How do people get the NoBox Toolbox so that they can start this process with their students? Okay, so that's an excellent question. So the best way to learn information about the NoBox Toolbox is actually from the ConradAwards.org website, and it's with it's piggybacked with the competition. However, we're in the process of right now has as having it as a standalone, and we're literally uh, at that process where we actually have teams around the world that have access and they're providing feedback with it, and it's just unreal. So uh, we're working with specific organizations and other companies to actually distribute it as well. So for example. Example, where we where we are in the last couple of years is is we bring students to model this in all different summits around the world, uh, MIT, NASA. So the students and I have gone through different places. Last year in Calgary, we're presenting with another organization, Smart Technologies, and they were just amazed and 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 so supportive of the efforts of the foundation. So. Uh, along with Smart and other companies, uh, this is how we're distributing initially the NoBox Toolbox. But however, at this time right now, the way it's set up is through, it is a support system and an infrastructure that that teams can, don't have to use to go from point A to point B in the design process. So you have round one, round two in the summits. Now, if a team or a school is interested, this is where they would reach out to me via the website and they would say, okay, look, you know, we're interested and this is who we are. And, and we're looking for even more, uh, people to give us feedback, but we're also, uh, trying to, we're, we're at the process now where we're actually making it extremely scalable. So that's where we are today. Excellent. So one of the challenges that my students face as we attempted to do the Conrad challenge this year was that I felt we needed the no box toolbox before we submitted our investor pitch for the Conrad Challenge, because there were students who just did not have the time to get through that process without that support. So I'm really glad to hear that that is going to be a standalone thing, because I think that can be really powerful. And I think that's really great. So when you're talking about doing these things to get kids engaged and and do these different ideas that they have, one of the challenges that you mentioned was that kids all together, it's hard to get them to come together 
and agree on something. And a lot of times in schools, we say that kids are bored or lazy or whatever. And I just don't agree with that because I see kids when they get engaged in something meaningful, then they they can really take off and totally change who they are, which is just incredible. So how do we get kids to agree on something and and make that a thing that they want to do in addition to the things you said before, like having empathy and and going through a process to see how they can help someone. What other ideas do you have for how to be able to do that? Thank you for the question. I, I think what you said is the exact reason why we do the sprint. The sprint, if you can visualize it, the sprint enables you to collaborate with each other visually without saying, so for example, let's suppose you're going through, okay, guys, what we're going to do is we're going to spend 10 minutes researching uh, an issue with this. You do your research, you write it on a sticky note, you put it up, and then you go through a process of evaluating with some other stickies. And then the idea is that it actually forms into something the team actually believes is, is the solution. So to piggyback on what you're saying before, I completely agree. I think it's a disservice when, when a teacher says kids are bored or not interested. I think teachers and in in that facility needs to address what they're doing because I do feel it's our responsibility to engage kids. And if somebody is not engaged, I take it as a personal failure of mine. That is me as a teacher. And again, I understand there's variables that we can't control, but for the most part, I think it's our responsibility to do everything we can. So the skill sets of learning math, learning how to design, learning how to test. That to me are hard skills. This is the skills that we have learned going through high school in the past, which are still important. However, they fade in comparison of the importance and the level of difficulty when it comes to working in teams. And I think anybody that's worked with a student team understands what I'm saying. Working with a team and having a team respect each other is to me the biggest challenge. Collaboration, communication, and being efficient with each other and respectable uh, because those are the soft skills they're going to need when they have their own organization or work with a company is something that's not really being taught within the class. However, it ha- the, 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 the sports teams that are successful, you know it has to happen, right? So when you look at soccer and you look at football and you look at these sports, it's never an accident. Who's, it's never a surprise when someone fails or not in the mo- uh, most of the time because you can see if they're collaborating, working, or like each other. And that's something that the process that we're trying to show, it doesn't teach content. It shows a process where a team can collaborate in a respectful way where the silent person can be heard equally as the one that's the used car salesman of this is what we should do. So I'm very inspired by it because I'm one of those people that can talk to death and I'm very animated and excited as a teacher. And it's helped me as a teacher to step back and realize, you know what, let's let's hear the whole group. Let's see how it looks and let's evaluate silently what we think, what direction we should go in. And we use these steps in how to pick a team, how to pick a market, how to design something, how to test. So we we repeat the same methodology, but the actual destination changes. So that's something that we're really excited about. So if you look at the design process, we haven't reinvented it. There's still research, there's still design, there's still building, there's still feedback. That's the same. The difference is, is that they're not working in silos and they're not working in, in a debate format from beginning to end. There is a place where you can debate and present, 
However, what we've realized and what a lot of the organizations have realized is maybe we need to get all the stakeholders together. We should ask the right question and we should answer the questions that the team want answered. And so once you have that clarity within a team, now you have the opportunity to, to do something that the team really wants to do. So that's the shift for me and my, uh, from my side is how do we become more efficient? Because that's where we need to be. How do we provide the tools for these kids to collaborate with each other in a respectful way, in a productive way? Yeah, that's really powerful. I feel like we could just talk for hours and hours, but I want to respect your time and, and ask my final question right now, which is, what is one thing a principal can do this week to be a transformative leader like you? Excellent question. So my thing would be is, how can we work? I would ask the question to a faculty, how can we work together? How can we work together in a way where we're doing themes or projects or efforts where we're going deeper, but we're asking less of the students when it comes to feathers? And what I mean by that is what we do in education is we have silos, right? We have math and science and engineering, and we have all these different silos that people work independently. And me being an engineering teacher for many years, I was very frustrated because People see us as engineering. And when you see engineering or biomedical or, or real STEM projects, you realize that you have to write. So why not work with the English students? You have to present. <laughs> why not work with the drama students? You have to have art. You have to be creative, hence art. So I think the traditional model is, well, you need to know art like if it's a standalone. No, I, I respectfully disagree. I think there's a place for that. But I also think it's an opportunity for us to come together. So if I had to reinvent the wheel with the school, I would have some sort of an octagon and in the middle. You do the same thing, but you attack it from different ways, right? So I think it's, it's, it's nice on paper and it sounds great. Logistically, knowing some of the limitations and, and all the different constraints that schools have, it is a challenge. However, I think you can start slow. Why can't we find ways to get math and science to work more collaboratively, you know, and in, in ways where we can actually produce something, right? So that's what my advice would be. And also visiting some of the top schools in the, in the nation. Uh, there are schools out there that do design at a very high level that are inspiring kids. And, and this is something we have done. And we also have, you know, people come to our school to learn as well. So we're very excited to share in every, in, in every capacity. Yeah. And so, Claude, how do people connect with you and, and learn more from you? Okay, excellent. So my email is Claude, my first name, C-L-A-U-D-E, at conradawards.org. Okay. So uh, Conrad, C-O-N-R-A-D, awards.org. So that's the best way to contact me if there's any questions and uh, uh, in any way I can help. So again, thank you for the opportunity to share. It's always great to talk about what kids are doing and how we can make it a more efficient and, and joyous ride for them. So I'm excited to share. Thank you so much. Hey, you are welcome. And thank you so much for being part of Transformative Principle. Just want to remind you that you can get the show notes for this episode at transformativeprinciple.org slash episode 26. What episode is this? Episode 265. There we go. <laughs> and Claude, I want to thank you for being part of the show today. And please do take him up on his offer to email him and, and get more information because I think the things that Claude has been talking about are really going to make an impact in your school. And thanks so much and have a wonderful week. Thank you.
Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash B-E.